got to hear what it is. I was walking the wayside. You not know this song? No. What is it? Sweet the Kingdom. Oh, okay. Do you know them? Nope. That's the name. Oh, that's not the name of the song. That's the name of the group. Yeah, that's the name of the group. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll listen to it at another time when we're off air. But I've never heard the song before in my life. Well, the chorus will play when we go out of the segment. So. Well, then uh, I'll make sure we give it plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning or afternoon now, St. Louis. This is Paul Kurtman on the Paul Kurtman Show in the studio today with Leah. And uh, there's just so much to unpack. So much has happened throughout the week. Uh, of course, the Russian invasion was a little over a week ago, about a week and a half ago. Since then, inflation, shortages at the grocery store. State of the Union address. There's just so much that we could unpack. And of course, the liberals on uh, social media, Libs at TikTok. That's not stopping. Of course, as we do every week, we're, we will have our Libs at TikTok segment here in the uh, last and final segment of uh, today's show. And today's Libs at TikTok is, is going to be good because, you know, they used to say, they used to say, um, you know, once. Once the left starts to get their way with these sexualized agendas, you know, it's not going to stop. It's Then it's going to be this. Then it's going to be this. And everyone's like, no, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. And then we have professors that are saying pedophilia. We shouldn't call it that. That's a stigma. It's not very nice. And they're trying to normalize it. We played a clip of that a few weeks ago from a professor, I think, in somewhere in Arizona, who has since been fired. And... Uh, I don't know if she's back yet, but she had written a book. And now we have seen it go even further. If you can believe that it's gone further than the left, the far left, trying to normalize pedophilia, it has. It has gone further. And we're going to get to that uh, probably at about 12.52, 12.53 today. I got a clip from Libs of TikTok. It will blow your mind. Just when you thought nothing could get worse or more crazy or more bizarre, the left can do it for you. The left will do it for you. We've got a clip. We're going to play that here in just a little bit. But before we get there, State of the Union speech last Tuesday night, uh, I have always, I mean, for years, it is like, it's almost like a, almost like a holiday event. Like it's that big of a deal for me and people like me that are always tuned in and glued into what's going on in the world or in America as far as politics go. And so every year I'm always watching the State of the Union and this year, when President Biden gave a State of the Union address, it was uh, it was very heartbreaking, sort of. President Biden had so many gaffes and flubs while he was speaking. Um, I'm not I'm not interested in making fun of him. Like, there's like a real concern here, and I think there's a growing concern. You know, it, it, it's it's there's jokes, right? People are telling jokes like, oh, he said Iranians instead of Ukrainians, you know, about winning the hearts of the Iranian people. But maybe that was actually maybe that wasn't a gaffe, though, because now he's looking at buying oil from the Iranians. So maybe there's something to it. But there were so many instances of that, that it's almost just hard to just laugh at him. You almost want to say, hey, can somebody please check this guy out? Can you make sure he's got his medicine? Can you make sure that he's where he needs to be? Can you make sure that he knows that he is where he is supposed to be? Because he's just got so many gas. And not only that, but he has been 
he has been lying for so long, like always embellishing his resume, that at this point, it's like he, I, I believe that he believes his own lies, whether it's about Amtrak, whether it's about being a over-the-road trucker. Uh, I got a clip. We're going to play a clip right now. Is when the State of the Union was over. I think this was delivered. I think this interview was done after the State of the Union address, and President Biden is sitting down uh, with uh, somebody from academia to be interviewed, and they have a, a quick little conversation about academics and about the universities and teaching. And so I'm going to play this. Let me make sure I got this plugged in. There we go. All right, now I'm plugged in. I almost played it, and you wouldn't have been able to hear it. But here we go. Here's this interview that President Biden gave earlier this week. So you are, of course, the first president of the United States since Martin Van Buren to have sat as the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee. I hope you know that. But I'm hoping that that gives you a broad sense of why our legal system and our judges are so important to the rule of democracy. Today you called uh, the judicial branch a co-equal branch of government. And I know you consulted really quite extensively with senators about this appointment, as the Constitution requires that you do. But I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about what factors went into your decision to nominate Judge Jackson today. Well, first of all, thank you for doing this. And uh, you make me miss being a professor at Penn. And when I left the vice presidency, I had a chance to do a number of things, but I took a professorship at the University of Pennsylvania on presidential politics and history. So I, uh, I envy you. Well, I, isn't it exciting to be part of this this sweet? Oh no, American no, it history? is, it is. But it's also I, I, I really enjoyed teaching and writing. Okay, listen, folks, we need to make this very clear. President Biden never taught a class at the University of Pennsylvania. So when he says, you know, speaking with you, this really makes me miss being a professor. He's never been a professor in the sense that you and I would understand a professor. Leah, in school, when you think of a professor, what is a professor? Well, somebody who, like, stands in the front of class and looks, you know, professional and teaches. Yeah, gives you grades. Yeah. They're your instructor for the semester, right? Yeah. yeah. So what President Biden, he's, President Biden was never a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. But in 2017, after he left being, uh, after he left Washington, D.C. as the vice president, he accepted an honorary professor position, which is formally referred to as the Benjamin Franklin Presidential Practice Professor. So... This is an honorary position. It's He's not actually part of the faculty or the staff. He's literally being granted this honorary position as a way for the university to honor him as the vice president, as the former vice president of the United States of America. And we're going to give you this honorary role. But don't worry, it doesn't come with any actual responsibilities or duties. In fact, it doesn't even come with any students. So President Biden... Like gets this honorary role. This is it's, now. This is where it kind of gets a little bit funny. He gets this honorary role to be the honorary professor, right? This Benjamin Franklin Presidential Practice honorary professor. But when he does this interview here, now almost five years after he uh, left um, uh, Washington as the vice president, since 2017 at least. 
he is now, he gets a certificate that says, here you are, you are our honorary professor. And here he is doing this interview. And in his mind, he actually believes he was a professor who was teaching classes. He actually said, this makes me miss teaching. This makes me miss being a professor. As you know, coming from, you know, academics, uh, this really makes me miss being a professor and, and teaching. He was never actually a professor. He never actually taught a single class. He might have had a speaking engagement. I'm not going to deny that. Vice president, vice presidents, presidents, uh, dignitaries, people from business often get speaking engagements at universities. But if you are an honorary professor, if you hold the position of honorary professor, or in this case, the Benjamin Franklin Presidential Practice Professor, honorary professor, you're not actually an instructor at the school. You don't have students. You don't have, you're not passing out a syllabus. You're not grading anybody. But in his mind, when he's doing this interview, in his mind, he's probably remembering back to this time where they handed him this honorary certificate. And in his mind, he actually was a professor teaching classes at the University of Pennsylvania. Do you get how concerning this could be to the American people? When the president of the United States just five years ago was handed a certificate and said, here, we're going to make you an honorary professor at the University of Pennsylvania. And then here he is, the president of the United States of America. And he's like, oh, I remember the good old days at the University of Pennsylvania when I was in the classroom teaching students. Oh, how I miss that. <laughs> he never did it. He never did it. And it was only five years ago. And he never actually did it. This would be akin to somebody giving me... Making me, oh, here, here's, here's a good idea. Here's one. When I was in the legislature, I was made an honorary major in the Civil Air Patrol. <laughs> they actually gave me like this little card or something because I was a member of the legislature. They said, here you are. You're an honorary major in the Civil Air Patrol. This would be like me walking into the officers club at Scott Air Force Base and talking with these other majors, these people that are leading squadrons and air wings. I tell you what. Gents, being here makes me remember, makes me miss all those days with the squadron. No, I was never with a squadron. I was an honorary major in the Civil Air Patrol, right? And if I were to actually do that, people would think I was nutty. People would think I was crazy. They would think that this guy doesn't know, this guy doesn't have like a real basis, a real firm grip on reality. And just this week... In an interview, this is exactly what President Biden did. I miss being a professor. I miss teaching those classes. As you know, I was a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. No, he wasn't. You had a title given to you, Benjamin Franklin, Presidential Practice Professor. It's an honorary title, just like when I was given the honorary rank of major in the Civil Air Patrol, right? Like, an honorary title is not the same thing as people that actually have the title and the duties and responsibilities that come with it. And President Biden tried to co-opt, in this interview, he tried to co-opt those duties and responsibilities by saying, I miss teaching. He never taught. He never taught any classes at the University of Pennsylvania as a professor, never did any of that. But in this interview... His mind, he actually believes that he was not to not so much that um, he's trying to just kind of like embellish a resume, but he's doing an interview for a global audience. And he says he tells the whole world in this interview, I sure miss being a professor. I sure miss teaching. Yep. Yep. I miss those good old days back in academics. He was never there. Never did it. 
What do you think about that? What do you think about that, Leah? Um, Does that scare you? Or do you yeah. think to yourself, this guy needs his medicine? Or do you think... I mean... Well, like, does he actually believe, or is he just saying that? Well, he actually believes it. If you're saying it in front of a television camera, because you're doing an interview, you're trying to convince everybody else that it's true. You're trying to get everybody else to believe it. And I believe that he believes it, because otherwise, a man with his experience in politics, there is no way he would fabricate something like that on purpose, knowing full well that it's not true. Something so easy to, you could go to the University of Pennsylvania, you could go to different websites, you can go to different people that cover this story. They gave him an honorary professorship. He was not a teacher, he never had students, but in this interview, he says, I miss, makes me miss being a professor. As you know, I was a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Did anybody tell him he's wrong? This lady didn't because Or did they she's, just let it? They let it slide. <laughs> they let it slide. Maybe that's a good point. Maybe he's thinking, nobody's going to call me out because. The media is full of leftists, and they're not actually going to call me out for this. But just once again, once again, he's just added something to the resume of who Joe Biden is, where he comes from. So now he comes from academics. He used to be an over-the-road trucker. He has ridden 15,000 trillion miles on the Amtrak and knows everybody by name because he's just a man of the people. Like, all of this stuff, all of this stuff is just isn't true. And not only that, but he got called out for plagiarizing his own speeches when he was a senator, when he was running for president. Like, there's nothing original that comes out, which is really concerning in this regard, too. If you're supposed to be the leader of the free world and you can't have an original thought, how are you supposed to lead people? Because a, a key feature of leadership is you see where everybody needs to go and you see it before they do. And so you head there before them and you tell them, follow me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the flubs from the State of the Union address. We're going to get to Libs of TikTok later. And we're also going to talk about some Missouri politics. A lot happening right here in Missouri. We're going to make sure we talk about Jefferson City, some of the people that might be on the bench to be running for governor here in a couple of years. We'll be right back in just a couple of minutes here at the Paul Kirkman Show on News Talk STL. Because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a, 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 a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread. I tell you what, I don't think I've ever met a politician who's been able to pivot as fast as Joe Biden. And I think that this is a man who is seriously sub suffering from some terrible, terrible cognitive abilities. And like, I get it. I mean, I just did it just now. Sometimes you trip over your own words. That happens. That happens to everybody. I mean, if you speak for a living or if you have a job which requires you to speak at any time for any amount of time. You're going to find yourself tripping over your words. Happens to me. Happened when I was in politics. Happened when I was in the Marine Corps, teaching Marines hand-to-hand combat because that was, that was one of my jobs. I was a Marine Corps mixed martial arts instructor. But just now, you heard that clip, Joe Biden. You can't build a wall big enough to uh, keep out a, a vaccine. The vaccine. And he goes on and starts talking about the vaccine. That was actually a pretty good recovery. But you can't hide. You can't gloss over what you just saw. When you saw that, that was one of that was one of President Biden's 
uh, little flubs there. But then there was another one. This one actually is more along the lines of ideology. Now, we've heard this at length. I know everybody's been talking about this. The speech was on Tuesday. But right now, inflation is over 7.5%. It's probably going to get worse. Very likely. I'm saying it's going to get worse. I'm saying it's probably going to get worse. And I say that because for since May, we've had politicians telling us, oh, these numbers. Yeah, we were a little surprised by these numbers, but it's going to get better. It's not that big of a deal. It's just uh, transitory inflation. It's not that big of a deal. And now here we are with inflation at 40-year highs. So the experts have been wrong about everything. They've been wrong about the value of the dollar. They've been wrong about inflation. They've been wrong about covid President Biden, his whole administration was wrong about their plans and how they wanted to pull out of Afghanistan. They're wrong about everything. And this is why liberalism is a mental disorder. It's because the same people that are wrong about everything telling us how to live. First of all, they create the problems. They create the problems and then they tell us what we all have to do. They tell us about all the mandates that we have to follow in order so we can live and get around and get on the other side of the problems they created. And what does the left want to do? The left wants to run back and say, tell us what to do now. Tell us what to do next. Then government causes a, another problem, another problem, a bigger problem, a problem that affects your family day to day, paycheck to paycheck. And what does the left want to do? Well, well, if we need answers to these problems, you know, life is hard right now. You know what we should do? Let's call on the government and see what the government can tell us to do to fix these problems that we're dealing with right now. And the left, people on the left always go back to the government. They don't trust their neighbors. They don't trust themselves. You know why? It's because they don't believe that freedom actually works for people. It's worked for America pretty well so far. Listen to President Joe Biden say to the union address last Tuesday night, talking about one of the biggest problems that Americans are dealing with right now, whether they're political or not, everybody's feeling this. I think I have a better idea to fight inflation. Lower your costs, not your wages. What a genius. What a genius that is. Every economic professor in America or around the world, the light bulb just came on. You want to fight inflation? All we have to do is lower our cost. This is a man who doesn't understand what inflation is. And he also doesn't understand what labor cost is. Inflation affects everything that has a cost. And I won't get into the academic discussion about what exactly inflation is, how it's caused, but I'll tell you this much since we're on the radio and we have a limited amount of time. Inflation is what happens when the dollar loses value because the dollar becomes less scarce. Okay? So in other words... If you suddenly create a bunch of money, each one of those dollars in your wallet is worth less because there's more of them out there. It's like like Mickey Mantle rookie cards. If you have a Mickey Mantle rookie card, and maybe there's only two of them in the world, this one particular type of card, it's going to be worth a lot of money. But what if, let's just say somebody opens up an old suitcase that was discovered buried in the attic of some townhouse up in New York City and you open it up and bam, there's a hundred more of those exact same cards, all mint condition. They were all printed on the same press at the exact same time. Well, now your Mickey Mantle rookie card that there was originally only two of, now that there's a hundred and two, each one of them has become, uh, your card has become worth less because now people don't need to compete for just your card. They need to compete to get their hands on one of any other hundred cards. 
So your card's going to be worth less because people can go someplace else. So because your card, your Mickey Mantle rookie card is less scarce, it means that it does, it's not as valuable to people. And that's exactly how it works with the dollar. And so whenever people go to the grocery store and they see the cost of goods going up and up and up and up and up, and a lot of it, just one of the variables, has to do with all the money that's been created, all the new U.S. dollars that have been created just in the last couple of years. Uh, I saw a really interesting, I went to Washington, D.C. last May, and there was a really interesting statistic. I don't know what the number was, but it, it's, it's this, basically. Here's the idea. More than half of all the U.S. currency that's ever been created, ever been created, it was has been created just in the last two years. So you take all the money, all the U.S. currency that's ever been created up until the year 2019, double that amount, and that's what we created just in the last two years, maybe the last two and a half years now. So there's more dollars out there, and because there's more dollars out there, each one of them now is worth less, just like that Mickey Mantle rookie card that I was explaining just a minute ago for purposes of this illustration. And President Biden thinks that if you want to fight inflation, you just have to lower cost. You have to treat something as though it's just worth a lot more than it actually is. That'll fix everything. He says, don't lower wages, lower cost. You know what wages are? Wages are the cost of labor. So if you want to lower the cost of goods and services, if you think that that's how it works, you would necessarily also have to lower the cost of labor. You would have to lower wages. President Biden has touted himself as like this foreign policy expert. One thing he is most certainly not. He is most certainly not an expert on economics or the economy. Certainly not on monetary policy and how that actually works. Wages aren't just, it's not something that businesses just pay for. It's not mutually exclusive of the cost of everything else. If you want to hire somebody to come in and build widgets, you have to cover that cost of the labor. It's called labor cost. In President Biden, for if he wants to be a professor at the University of Pennsylvania, it would do him a lot. He just, in this clip, go watch this whole clip. You can find it at paulkerman.com. He's talking about how important it is to be teaching history. Social studies. Well, if he would actually read some history, he could go all the way back to the Middle Ages in England and read the Statute of Laborers, in which the government was quite literally trying to control the cost of wages because things were becoming too expensive after so many people died off from the plague. So like this whole wage labor, this whole inflation thing, it's nothing new. It goes all the way back to the time of Nero, who was one of the worst inflators of Roman currency that we can read about almost back to the beginning of recorded history. And President Biden, in his State of the State, not State of the State, we have our State of the State, but in the State of the Union address, President Biden comes out with this groundbreaking, I mean, he should get a Nobel Peace Prize or Nobel Prize in Economics, whatever it is they give out these days. And they probably will by the time he's done. He'll probably get some type of Nobel Prize or something for absolutely no reason at all. But President Biden, groundbreaking economic discovery, if you want to fight fight inflation, you just have to lower your cost. That's all you got to do. If inflation is rising cost, here's what you do. You just lower your cost. What a genius this man is. But all throughout the State of the Union address, 
if he wasn't flubbing his words and mixing up ideas, he was just spouting off logical fallacies that have been disproven time and time and time again. And in this case, probably the one that impacts the most people has to do with inflation. And it's not the government's fault that we're dealing with inflation. No, President Biden says it's whose fault? It's your employer's fault. It's their employer's fault because your wages aren't high enough. And it's your employer's fault because they're making things that cost too much for other people to buy. The medium of exchange involved in all this, the one commonality involved in all of this is the Federal Reserve dollar. And by the way, I'm going to take a minute here to just go after every one of our congressmen in Missouri, in America, but in Missouri right now. Why is it that the people's representatives aren't speaking out on the issue of inflation? They do it in campaign speeches, but they won't do it on the House floor. They won't actually strategize to rein in our monetary policy. You've got two guys in Washington, D.C. that have tried to do this. You got Rand Paul and Bernie Sanders. In 2010, Bernie Sanders actually introduced a partial audit of the Federal Reserve because they're the ones. They're the ones that make all the monetary policy. If we're experiencing inflation right now, there's a lot of variables at play here. Supply and demand's one of them. But really, ultimately, what inflation is, what inflation is, is a weakening U.S. dollar because the dollar becomes more scarce and therefore worth less. Hi, this is Rand Paul and Bernie Sanders both have been trying to audit the Federal Reserve, and we found out through a partial audit of the Federal Reserve in 2010, we found out that the Federal Reserve had created $16 trillion worth of new money, and they did it in private deals with foreign and domestic banks and businesses, and nobody in Congress even knew. We got a lot of people in Congress that want to talk about inflation and they want to get at, go after Biden for it. But in Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, it's those same congressmen that are responsible for the value of the dollar. But they don't do it. Just like they do with everything else, they delegate out their ability to govern on behalf of the people. They always delegate it out to bureaucracies. And now, well, not just now, but since 1913, 1917, early 1900s, they've delegated out the value of our dollar to the Federal Reserve, which is, which is not a, a federal bank. Quasi, maybe. Leah, do we have somebody on the yeah. on the phone? Who do we got? I didn't okay, this is Paul Kurtman, News Talk STL. How are you? Hi, Paul. It's Vic Porcelli. How are you? Good. How are you, Vic? How are you doing, Vic? <laughs> I couldn't hear you. Doing I good. saw Porcelli on the thing. That's me. Only one. Uh, so listen, just a couple of quick things, Paul. First of all, there's nothing better on the air right now than this program. I want you to know that. This show is absolutely great. That's the first Thanks, thing I want to say. You got it. Second thing, the whole I taught at University of Pennsylvania thing, I hate to be the one, I'm not even a doctor to diagnose it, but is that a classic case of dementia? He looks back and thinks that he was a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. He sees himself lecturing in front of students. It's dementia, Paul. Vic, that's the only thing, really, that's the only thing, the only conclusion I can come to, because like, like I was having this conversation with Leah, in his own mind, like he can envision, like he has memories that to him are very real, but they never exactly. existed. Never happened. Exactly, and that, that is dementia. 
That's got to be it. I don't know what else it could be. Yeah. And the thing is, is this, this isn't the only thing. There's been all kinds of things where he's done, where he's done oh, the yeah. same thing. He's got all kinds of false memories that everybody knows aren't true. And nobody's saying, nobody in the media is calling him out on this. And you, you brought up the Amtrak thing of that guy, Ange. Ange came up to me and said, you broke the million mile mark riding on, on Amtrak. And Ange was dead by the time he was talking about yep. when, when Joe Biden was a senator. All right, I don't want to bug you, Paul. I just wanted to tell you you're doing a great show. And I swear to God, it's the best thing on the radio right now. And the dementia thing. So thank you All for right. your time. All right. Thanks, Vic. Thank you. You bet. Right, I don't want to bug and that is and that is Vic Perselli, who you can hear every day on News Talk STL. What, what, what is it? Nine to eleven, right? What are you talking about? Vic, his show every day oh. on News Talk STL, <laughs> yeah. five days a week. Yeah, yeah, man. Vic, Vic is great. And if you if you haven't heard Vic, yeah, you gotta you gotta listen. Uh, he has this thing where he's like, "Play me some Biden," and like he just breaks down Biden speeches. And sake as, to as, me. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Highly entertaining. Very informative. And he's just man. He just calls it out the way it is, like he just now did on this uh, on the show when he called in. Thanks for calling in, Vic. But yeah, this is this is what we're talking about, though. He he says something. He brings out a, a great point, right? Dementia. He's got memories that aren't real. And when you're talking about inflation, he has ideas for inflation that just aren't real. State of the Union address, the biggest, most televised address to America. This is where the president comes out and talks about, hey, listen, folks, things are bad. This is where we are, but this is where we're going to go. Here's my plan. Here's how I'm working with Congress. And what does he tell the American people to do? He says, this is really all of your fault. Inflation is really your fault. This is because business owners, this is because business owners aren't lowering their cost and paying you enough. This is straight out of the leftist playbook. They're trying to cause more division. And President Biden is no stranger to wanting to cause division among the American people. Let's take it all the way back to when he was giving interviews about COVID. He goes on CNN and does a town hall meeting with CNN. And what does he tell the people at CNN? He says, come on, man, wear a mask. All you people that want your freedom, come on, freedom. Then he turns to the camera and he says, for all of you out there that are wearing masks and getting vaccinated and getting your booster shots, and you're frustrated and angry at your fellow American, I understand. What type of president does that? What type of president fosters animosity between the people that he's supposed to be leading and instilling confidence in as their leader? Who does that? I'll tell you exactly who does it. Somebody who doesn't understand how important it is that we have a strong leader. Somebody who is aware and mentally and has some cognitive ability to not just understand the policies and what we're facing, but how to lead people to a better tomorrow, a freer, more prosperous, and peaceful tomorrow. In a couple minutes, we're going to come back. We're going to play Libs of TikTok. But we're also going to play, maybe we'll play a little bit more of Biden before we get to that. There is one more clip of Biden that I want to get to that I want to play. Then we're going to move into Libs of TikTok. The left is at it again. They're going further than you ever thought they would go with this LGBTQ plus agenda. I'm going to play that when we get back. This is Paul Kurtman, News Talk STL. Progress to incinerate waste, the waste of war, medical and hazards material, jet fuel, and so much more. And they come home. Many of the world's fittest and best trained warriors in the world. Never the same. Headaches, numbness, dizziness. A cancer that would put them in a flag draped coffin. I know. 
One of those, one of those soldiers is my son, Major Bo Biden. I don't know for sure if the burn. There's President Biden talking a little bit about the burn pits, what veterans have had to go through, and you might have heard it. It was kind of quiet. It came from out in the House chambers. It was uh, Representative uh, Warren Bobert. Did I say that right, Leah? I sometimes I mess up some of these. Sure. I read them and I'm not sure. Am I it pronouncing looks, this right? Yeah, it I just want to make like sure I looks. say it right. Yeah. So President Biden is saying, you know, this these burn pits and what these guys have experienced, these men and women, sometimes they come back and sometimes they come back and their experiences put them in flag draped coffins and and uh, the representative shouts out, yeah, 13 of them. And she, of course, she's referring to the 13 servicemen and women who died by blast by terrorist bombing as we were trying to evacuate our people out of Afghanistan, which, by the way, just here's your reminder. We haven't gotten everybody out that wanted out and you never hear anything about it. We still have one guy that the Taliban is holding hostage. He's hold, being held hostage. An American contractor is being held hostage by the Taliban. And President Biden hadn't even bothered to negotiate that man's release as part of our withdrawal. And he's still there. They said they were there. They said we're going to get everybody out that wants out. Well, there's at least one guy who wants out. We know that there's hundreds more still in Afghanistan that want out. And Representative Bobert says, yeah, 13 of them. There's 13 people that are coming back in flag draped coffin. But what President Biden is doing is what he also tried to do the same day that he announced that those 13 servicemen and women had been killed. He had a press conference. It was very solemn. And he spent time talking about his son, Bo Biden. And he has done this before, and he's trying to do it right now. His son uh, died, I think, from brain cancer. Um, something that I, I'm sure is a is a father is is very painful to President Biden, as it would be any parent. But the thing is, this you cannot use your son, who's a veteran, served honorably in the military. You cannot use his death. And related as though it's the same as 13 people who died in a terrorist blast that was made possible by your strategy or lack thereof in pulling troops out of Afghanistan. But that's what he did when he announced it uh, back in August. Those those 13 servicemen and women that were that were killed by those suicide bombers. And during the state of the state, I keep saying state of the state. That's the state politician. See, I keep telling people I'm a recovering politician. I used to be in, a member of the Missouri House of Representatives for eight years. And so sometimes I say state of the state. During the state of the union address delivered by President Biden on Tuesday night, he tries to do the exact same thing by using by using his son, really, like he did in Afghanistan. He tries to invoke some type of cover by using the death of his son stateside years after he came back from service overseas, using that as though he has suffered just the way other families of servicemen have suffered for the last 20 years. He's trying to put himself in the category of a gold star father, somebody who lost a son in combat. But the thing is, is that's not true. And he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything about the people that have died under his watch in Afghanistan. He's talking about the burn pits and the things that veterans are going through. And what does he do? He reaches that. He reaches back in time and says, you know, uh, I should know because my son, Bo Biden, also. Well, he didn't die in combat. We know that. And we know that he died from a diagnosis of brain cancer. But what about all the people that we know for 
sure died as a result of their service, like direct connection to their service. We know about those people. Why not invoke their names? I'll tell you why President Biden doesn't do that. He doesn't do that because he's not thinking so much about showing the the parents of fallen service members. He's not thinking so much about giving them some type of consolation that he's there for them. What he's trying to do is he's trying to create a, this, this really um, sickening form of spin in which you're trying to lump yourself in as one of one of those people when there's no evidence that you are at all. Yes, yes, we know. It's unfortunate. We're terribly sorry to hear that your son had died from cancer after, years after he came back from service overseas. We're sorry about that. But that is not the same as the moms and dads who had to bury their sons and daughters under flag-draped coffins that came back from Afghanistan and Iraq in those flag-draped coffins. That is not the same. Because when those people, when those young men and women were killed in foreign lands, they were put there, they were in uniform, they were wearing body armor because people were trying to kill them as a direct result of the policies that are being set in Washington, D.C. That is different than somebody coming back, a veteran coming back, having served honorably or not. It's different than somebody having come back, leaving the military, or years later, developing a sickness and falling ill, and passing away. These two unfortunate circumstances, but they are not the same. President Biden thinks that they're the same. And that's why Representative Boebert is calling his attention to the fact that, yeah, 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 13 of them. There's 13 people. And if you're not going to say it, I am. So she shouts out, yeah, there's 13 people. And you can't compare. I'm glad she did that. I'm Somebody had to do it. You can't compare those 13 people who died in uniform in a combat zone overseas. You cannot compare them to the death of another veteran who died after they came home, after they later fell ill and then died, especially if you can't connect that sickness to anything service-related. It's not the same. But President Biden tries to make it the same because he's looking for cover he's looking for sympathy he was trying to use he's trying to use his son really here as a political shield so people aren't as hard on him as maybe they should be and if somebody else isn't going to say it i'm going to say it that's what it is and if he wasn't going to call um talk about those 13 people that died in afghanistan during the the pullout representative bobert was going to make sure that they got some attention that they got something mentioned about them and about their service and I'm glad she did it. I'm not a big fan of people breaking decorum, but in this case, we have got somebody who is so far off the mark in terms of leadership, and they're trying to skirt real leadership and accountability. And so Representative Bobert was like, not going to happen while I'm sitting in these chambers. So she called it out. But there's a lot, there's a lot that this president needs to be held accountable for, and we are only one year. We're only, we're only one year into a four-year term. Democrats are going to run somebody against him. Hillary Clinton's wanting to run again, and we know this, not just because it's just rumors, but before, I think it was back in 2016, uh, President Bill Clinton, former President Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton's husband, he had started these uh, global leadership conferences in anticipation that they would be able to build some political capital and do some influence peddling before she was elected president. 
And when she wasn't elected, all those policy conferences, everything just got canceled. But do you know what Bill Clinton has just done just in the last couple weeks? He has started up those policy conferences again. Those are in the works. They're trying to bring people back together. And my guess is, is, is that it's because there's a good chance Hillary Clinton's going to run. And so they're going back to the game plan and they're saying, all right, let's do some influence peddling. Let's make sure that we get everybody back on the team. Let's make sure that all these other world leaders know that you're in this race and you're going to win this time. The left does not have any confidence in Joe Biden. The American people don't have any confidence in Joe Biden. And the reason is, is because he is falling in lockstep with the far left, which, by the way, we're going to play some clips from the far left right now. There's one clip really that I want to play. Listen, we have said before the far, far left has a they are fascinated and they are obsessed with different types of sexualized agendas and everything's about sex with them. Gender sexuality, how you identify your pronouns, everything goes back to sexuality, and they are obsessed with it. And a couple weeks ago, I played a clip from a professor somewhere in Arizona, and she had written a book saying, um, don't call them pedophiles, because that's a stigma. That's hurtful, and it's dangerous, and they don't like it, and you know, it's normal for people to have sexual attractions to small children. We can't make monsters out of them. So she wrote a book. And we all said that that was going to happen. And people on the left were like, no, that would never happen. But it did. And now they're going after your pets. Lock up your dogs. Lock up your cats. <laughs> so, quick discussion. Do you believe dogs have gender? Now, I'm tempted to say that the automatic answer is no, because gender is a human societal construct. So naturally, that shouldn't apply to dogs, because dogs are not human. Any of the gendered characteristics that we apply to male dogs and female dogs are just an extension of our own human constructs of gender. But then, on the other hand, I think dogs do have society in a way they descend from wolves and a basic type of pack structure. Otherwise, humans wouldn't have bonded with dogs because humans and dogs slash wolves are both social animals. So if dogs are social animals, do they have social constructs like gender? I really don't think I can answer this question. Yeah, I really don't think you can either. I'll tell you what. They talk about uh, children that are confused. They're, you know, they're confused about their identity. I'm listening to this, and I'm confused, not about my identity, but I'm confused about what in the world this guy's talking about. But let me tell you something. There is an author of confusion out there that seeks to make sure people are confused, and it's just like the tactics of the left. You want to divide, and you want to conquer, politically speaking. And where this is concerned, they're going to create so much confusion. They want kids to be confused. They don't know what they are. They don't know what to think. They don't want to believe. They want to go to their teachers for help instead of their parents. It's all a tactic of the left. These, I tell you what, libs of TikTok, you got to check it out. This guy, or this woman, it's a woman who actually runs the site. The left wants exposure. She's giving them exposure. It is full of crazies, crazies, crazies. They want likes, hashtags, and shares. She's just trying to help them out. This is Paul Kurtman, News Talk STL. Join us again next week with Leah in the studio.